Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast with Mzwandele Makakula, a podcast that seeks to empower you to take charge over your personal growth, development, as well as your emotional well-being. All right, welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us and that you continue to be part of a community of leaders who are intentional and purposeful about their growth. I'm extremely thrilled and super excited once again on this podcast episode to be joined by a returning guest. We recently had a fascinating conversation with her speaking about family and how to lead from home, how to lead your relationships, how to lead yourself as a single person, how to lead yourself as a mother, as a wife, or how to actually assume leadership, which is the interchangeable relationship of being a leader and a follower within the context of marriage, which was really an incredible session or episode. And I encourage you, if you potentially have missed the episode, to backtrack a bit to make sure that you listen to it. Uh, It's two episodes before this so that you're able to catch up with it. We'll take a few things linking it into today's podcast episode. Maybe for those who are not able yet to listen to the episode, just to introduce our guest today, Uba Tabile, passionate about helping people to authentically live out their God-ordained purpose on earth, a speaker, a mentor, a coach, and so passionate about adding value to people and helping them discover and live out a life that glorifies God. She's got an impressive resume in terms of what she's done, Um, qualified from Gibbs um, Institution, from the Leading Woman Program, BA Honors in Organizational Communication, Bachelor of Technology degree in Public Relations Management, Advanced Certificate in Management Principles, Master of Management, Business and Executive Coaching, which is part of what we're going to be, (laughs) which is in the process. Uh, um, 2022 (laughs) is when she'll be teaching it. It's actually, she's in the journey, which is part of what we're going to be talking to today um, in terms of visionary coaching. So part of what she does is visionary coaching. And I really want us to have a conversation today because as leaders, I think one of the myths is that you get a coach because you're failing, which is more a curative approach rather than a preventative mm. coach, uh, approach. Mm. rather. And one of the things I think I've observed is high achievers oftentimes have coaches. Tiger Woods mm. as a coach. Um, think with me to a top high achiever. They oftentimes have mm. a coach. And I think mm-hmm. that's why other people don't break through that ceiling of average to move into greatness mm-hmm. because they're not intentional about pursuing coaching. So ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome on the episode of Batabile and thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad and I know we're going to be having a great conversation today. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be back here again. This is such an incredible platform and you are doing such incredible work. So, so grateful for you and Omama Kakula and the, the calling God has placed on you guys. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Maybe just to tee it off within coaching, uh, and I know it's something you're passionate about and there's inroads that you're actually working on uh, before we started recording. You're just updating me in terms of a program and academy that you've actually launched and you're growing from. Maybe from personal experience, why would you say uh, having a coach is key for anyone who wants to achieve greatness in any sphere uh, in their lives? Sure. That's such an incredible question. Thank you so much for that. So 
I, I had an opportunity yesterday when I met with um, the committee that the academy that we are running. So, um, and we were just discussing in the committee the next um, plan that's coming in terms of what, what I'll be presenting. And something that I said to them was, it's amazing how a lot of um, a lot of adults find themselves really in in the midst of just bad decision making. And we wake up in our 30s and our 40s and our 50s, and we look back at our 20s and our early 30s as, as a time where it's just fraught with, with bad decisions. Mm -hmm. And I said, if a concept such as coaching is introduced from the time a, a, a child is able to read, is able to speak, it will enable that child to be able to be prepared to start making smarter decisions. And why do I say that? Because um, the coaching environment enables us to, you know, as coaches, we are able to hold space for people to be able to think deeper about their life, the things that, that, that they're doing and why they are doing those things. And if you look at it, we don't engage young people. We don't engage children. Um, even in varsity, we don't engage people in actually being critical thinkers. And when I say critical thinking, purely based on the things that you are doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Why are you doing them? Have you thought about it? Have you thought of, you know, what happens, the cause and effect? Um, so that's why I love your, you know, when you said that um, curative versus preventative. Um, have you, have I thought about why I'm going into this career? Have I thought about why I'm getting into this relationship? Have I thought about why I'm taking up this job? And I believe that as a society, we have not been groomed to be able to think deeper about the decisions that we are making. And hence, you wake up when people are in their 50s and 60s, there's so much regret because people have not been given the space to be able to think deeper and actually been taught how to think deeper about the things that they are doing and why they are doing them. And that's why it becomes important to have a coach because a coach is trained to give you, to basically present you with insightful questions that will help you think deeper about whatever it is the agenda is at that point in time. And it's amazing. A coach doesn't have to do much. They don't give you the solutions. Hmm. Um, they don't refer you to anything else except yourself. Hmm. Because as a coach, I have the understanding that you are the master of your life. Hmm. I'm not the master of your life. Hmm. No one else is. And the beauty about it is that you know, the coaching environment, I call it holy ground. Wow. And the reason I call it holy ground is because we are engaging a, an individual soul. And a soul area is such a sensitive place because mm -hmm. only God understands how a human soul, you know, functions. Mm -hmm. You know, this is where your will, this is where your intellect, this is where your, in, your emotions intersect. Mm -hmm. Therefore, as a coach, I can't be arrogant and think that. I can go into that holy space and be able to effect change hmm. you know without me engaging a higher power wow. and in my world the higher power is god the father god the wow. son god the holy spirit and hence why coaching is such an incredible incredible gift that you can gift yourself you can gift hmm. somebody that you can participate in yeah. because you are giving your soul an opportunity to engage on such a deep level wow Wow. I love that. I love how you spoke to coaching also helps you in terms of critical thinking. And it's yeah. beyond just giving you solutions, but it's asking questions that will help you discover your own solution. 
and best yep. way forward. Part of what you do is Absolutely. coach and mentor, which are interchangeable. Maybe yep. what would you say is the difference between a coach and a mentor, if there is a difference uh, between someone who says, I've got a mentor and someone who says, I need a coach. Is there a difference? And what would you say is the difference if there is? Absolutely. There's definitely um, a difference between a coach and a mentor. And I'll try and give you maybe top three or top four of each. Okay. Um, so, so when it comes to being a, a, a coach, a coach is somebody who is skilled in a particular method to be able to assist people to be able to hold space for them to think deeper about their issues. Mm. So number one, this person is is skilled in this, be be it uh, because of experience, be it because of education, um, whatever the case may be. Mm. Um, So number one, whereas a mentor, you don't go to school, you don't go, you don't get training, you don't need um, any necessary formal um, I would say qualification to be able to be a mentor. Anyone can be a mentor. Yeah. Um, literally anybody can be yeah. a mentor and not necessarily everyone can be a coach, even though you can see in the industry, there's a <laughs> lot of people themselves coaches. And that's why organizations such as the ICF, which is the, um, the, the international body that actually, you know, um, that actually helps um, coaches yeah. to that governs coaches. Yeah. Um, it's important for, for you to understand, you know, the functionings of the ICF in the in the world of coaching. Whereas from a South African con- context, you'll have, um, you know, somebody who may just be a mentor and they, they, they're part of Comensa. And mm. Comensa houses both coaches and mentors. mentors yeah. so, so firstly, the difference is that a, anyone can be a mentor. You don't have to be necessarily skilled um, or qualified or trained, but not necessarily everybody can be a coach. And number two, chances are a coach, you would pay them a fee for mm. the time that they give you. Mm. <laughs> so you'd pay them a fee, however way they are structured, there are ways for, for people to be able to, to, to determine what a coach is supposed to be uh, paying. It's based on experience. It's based on uh, what are they coaching you um, on and et cetera. Whereas the mentor, you don't pay a mentor. Um, a mentor really just gives their time. Um, and that, that time, I mean, can be unlimited. Number three, it's advisable that you only have anything between three, six or 12 sessions with a coach. And the reason for that is, as a coach, I am trained to help you learn how to think. And once that journey is done, this is when you go off and start implementing what you've learned Mm. in the journey, be Mm. it 12 12 months, which is 12 sessions or whatever the case is. And once it becomes longer, then a coach is creating dependency. And that's when a coach is no longer effective when they are creating dependency. Um, whereas with a mentor, it can be a lifetime. I can literally, there's somebody who is my mentor. She's the first boss I had when I started corporate. She's my mentor. The, 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 the relationship still continues even now. And I'm able to ask her questions. I'm able to just, you know, tap onto her skills, her training, her background and et cetera. Um, and number four, the coach is not the expert in the room. The coach deems you as the coachee, as the expert in the room. The coach is the one who is looking to you to provide your own answers. So they don't give you any answers except with the, um, with the explicit expression from your side asking them, what do you think? 
then the coach has permission to be able to then give you, you know, their opinion. But it's a very sacred space and a coach should never be in a space where they are telling, you should do this. You should, because we know that there's so much power when the solutions come from us versus when they come from someone else. Whereas in a mentoring um, relationship, um, a mentor is open to say, when I was this age, I went through this and this is what happened. I would advise you to go through ABC because a mentor um, has basically had an experience that you can glean from. Um, and that is not always the case. Even if a coach may have had the experience, but they are respectful of the, of the fact that you have the answer inside of you. They need to help you bring it out. And then I, I think there's so many that I can give you, but I think last but not least, in a coaching relationship, the two individuals are equals. They are equals in the sense that there's no one who's senior or junior. And that's why the coach deems the individual they are coaching as somebody who's an expert in their life. Whereas in a mentoring relationship, the mentor is deemed a senior because they potentially have more experience, they potentially have more um, qualifications or whatever the case is. Um, and I would say in conclusion, a combination or hybrid of the two is essential yeah. for anyone who wants to grow themselves, <laughs> develop themselves, and you know become the greatest version of who they see you know, mm. themselves. So that's the summary I would give you. That's Very long brilliant. summary. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for that. I was actually going to ask in terms of the interchangeable, uh, the mentor and the coach, because I think part of what you're saying is, especially when it's hybrid, I think it goes a long way where you have someone who's possibly above you, and uh, not a peer, which then yes. would also place a demand on you in terms of mm -hmm. honoring that relationship so that it enables mm -hmm. you to become all that you are meant to be. One of the things also I just wanted to um, ask you to speak more to, it's part of the investment that you spoke to within coaching, which is different from mentorship, which I think mm -hmm. oftentimes people, and I always say this a lot within coaching sessions, uh, the fact that it's easier for you to invest in food, to invest on a meal, at a restaurant and comfortably so, but when it comes to investing in yourself and your personal growth and development, it seems as if mm -hmm. like it's a drag, whereas mm -hmm. actually you are meant to be the one who bets on yourself more than anyone else in your space. Absolutely. Um, so I think, I think where that comes from is how we've been socialized. Yeah. If you look at how we've been socialized and you look at the things we've been taught to value, that is what then plays out in our day-to-day -day life, isn't it? Yeah. You yeah, know, we've, yeah. we've been taught to value things that are, you know, that are that are material, things that, um, that quickly diminish versus looking at things. And that's why coaching becomes so important because it... It helps you create a, a high level of self-awareness about where you are investing and why you are investing. Mm. That's why with um, a coaching relationship, I don't encourage anybody to be it, um, take on a client or, or, you know, or anyone to go into a coaching relationship if they're not fully invested, be it financially, time-wise, because sometimes um, it is possible to have a coachee who is paying, but they are not invested in doing the work. They must be invested in actually the time and actually going away because often in a coaching relationship, excuse me, there's homework that needs to be to be done. Be done, yeah. And if somebody wants to come in session after session and they haven't done the work, it defeats, you know, and I think that's the beauty about being coaches. Coaches are such an incredible group of people. These are people who really want to see the world become a better place. They really do want world peace. They really do want the world <laughs> to be happy. 
And um, and if they if they feel that the time is being wasted, they will not just take on the money just mm. so that they can, you know fill in the bank account. There has to be a sense that the work that we are doing is really creating an impact, and people's lives are really changing. And I mean, I just got feedback yesterday from um, the the academy that we've started, and hearing people say. I, we were doing a personal branding session and somebody saying, I literally wrote my, 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 my elevator pitch. Somebody saying, I went and updated my LinkedIn. Somebody saying that I'm, I'm, I'm taking myself out there more. And so that is what a coach is supposed to do. Incite, you know, action inside of you so that you can start seeing a difference because without that action taking place, there can be no difference. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. Um, just before maybe we speak to visionary coaching, I just want to, part of what you spoke now with the academy, part of what you were teaching, personal branding, maybe three um, key components uh, as a coach that you would advise someone who wants to build a personal brand, three key ingredients that you can't, so building blocks. So here I am, I don't even know what's a personal brand. I don't know where to start. What do I look for? What do I do? Where do I start? What do I change? Uh, just three, I know there's quite a lot which will yeah. maybe be able to get uh, when someone seeks the relationship of a coach and is part of the visionary pro, uh, coaching program that you offer or the academy. But for just for someone, the shelf, for those who are on that lower shelf that I can be, anyone can be able to reach and start from there. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So um, there's actually, I created, a, so after, you know, doing extensive be at research, listening to podcasts and et cetera on personal branding. Personal branding can really appear very superficial. So sure. the way I approach it is in a inside out versus being an outside in. Okay. I believe that the work needs to happen inside so that it can show up, uh, show up outside. So one of the things that I shared, um, I share a model called the six circles of personal branding. So almost like a layered effect in terms of how to build your personal brand. But mm. the three that I'd like to share today is the first thing that I, I, you know, that I'm very sensitive about is what are you saying with your mouth? Okay. What are you talking, be it concerning yourself, concerning others because we know that the mouth has the power to create the person that you want to be you need to start saying that with your mouth you know Mm. it's the kind of conversations Mm. you're having it's so it's anything that's got to do what's coming out of your Mm. mouth and we know that from a that is such an important part of who we become if we don't have the right narrative coming out of the mouth there is no way we can start effecting the change that we want to see in our Mm. lives so Mm. one of the most important things that i would share is that what is coming out of your mouth? Mm. What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about other people? What are you saying about your environment? Because whatever it is, it's going to impact positively or negatively the person that you become. And then secondly is the person that you become is because of what has come inside of you. Mm. What are you putting inside of you? And that's another biblical concept where Jesus said, what defiles is not what goes, you know, it's not what what, uh, What comes up goes wait what was it uh what defiles is not what you eat it's not what yes, 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 it's yes, not yes 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 so with the narrative when we what comes out is because of the things that we have either touched things that we have seen things that we've invested in so one of the things that i really encourage individuals is be intentional about understanding who you are and what you want to give to the world hmm. because if you don't have that 
understanding, then, you know, there's no, there's no, what can I say? There is no use of you actually even trying to pursue a personal brand because we can see that people are pursuing personal brands for, um, for gains that are material, for gains mm. to get followers, to get, but for me, a personal brand is to be attained so that you can make a difference in people's lives. So it's important, what are you reading? What are you watching? Who are you talking to? Who's informing your narrative? Who's informing your ideology? Who's informing um, you know, everything about you? Because that's what's going to impact as well what you are saying, what you are talking about and what you're basically um, housing. Something that I speak about the thirdly is, you know, your dress. And I know a lot of people would say, but we are sitting in a COVID situation. We are on Zoom meetings and et cetera. But it's amazing how psychologically the way we take care of ourselves physically actually feeds into how we show up in spaces. So what does that mean? It is. It means even though you are working from home, waking up in the morning, actually washing once you've done uh, your morning routine, if you have one, that's another conversation. Yeah. And being conscious of putting on decent clothing. If you want to put on lipstick, put on lipstick, go to a designated area and start and check in for work. Because when you sit in bed, when you're sitting on the couch and you're watching Netflix, well, you're not mm. putting your best foot forward. Mm. And whatever work piece of work you are involved in, that energy, and energy is not the right word, but that um, attitude is what seeps into your work. So true. If you are working from bed, what energy are you portraying to the thing that you are doing? So I often prefer, you know, waking up, making my bed, doing my devotional work, and then taking a shower if I've you know done already my exercise, and then checking in for work because yeah. it prepares me to do this work. And someone else would say, but you're not preparing me to be out there to shine. But if you don't do these basics, you are not ready to go out there and shine. You need to get these basics in place so that God can prepare you to be out there making an impact for him. Wow. Podcast family, um, the past three, four minutes are pure gold. Uh, it's literally pure gold. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think those are shelf level reachable things that you can literally effect as of tomorrow. Yeah. Without even a coach that you are, that's actually coaching right there. Three things. Number one, what you say with your mouth. What is it that you speak? Uh, how do you, what's your tone? What's your voice? And this translates as, as Batabili has just said, even to your socials, because people are able to see your tone through what you post and what you put out there. So yeah. be very cautious about what you say. Number two, what goes in? I loved that because it's very key. What is it? I love how, and we'll speak a bit to that now in terms of what you listen to, what you, you, you hear, uh, what it is that you allow into your space, which creates and speaks to the atmosphere. Um, that's very key. And then thirdly and lastly, uh, your dress in terms of how you show up. And one of the myths is it's that you need, it needs to be expensive, which is really not true. Uh, you start with what you have, where you are moving towards where you want to go. So those three are very key within building a personal brand. One of the things that you just mentioned, which I would really like us to double click on, I was actually thinking about this um, just before I jumped onto the recording, is how the relationships that one has, uh, the quality of relationships that one has in for, they can literally make or break you, like literally your whole life, your whole uh, life can be hell on earth or heaven on earth 
based on the relationships that you have. I think one of the things we were talking about uh, is how drama has a face and oftentimes drama is a person. And I think a lot of us <laughs> resent spaces, resent what God is doing simply because yeah. of people. Uh, lastly, yeah. just to qualify what I'm saying as well, I always say this at a personal level, you can even tie every temptation that one had, every wrong decision you made, uh, going somewhere, drinking whatever you're not supposed to drink, to a friend or someone who said, no man, let's go there. Uh, let's actually try this out. So there's always a relationship that either <laughs> closer to your destiny or moves you further away <laughs> from your destiny, which is part of what you were talking to in terms of being intentional about who controls your narrative. Yeah, no, so it, it's interesting because that touches on, so when it comes to visionary coaching, yes. um, I have what I call visionary, a visionary will. So the visionary will is, is, I mean, it really, it's not a new concept. If you are a coach, you would understand a life will. Yes. But when I research the, the life will, it has very strong connotation towards new age and et cetera. And I was not too thrilled about that. But I wanted a, a tool that I could use with my clients that looks at their life holistically and that forces them to actually look at their life and say, how am I doing in each area? Mm. So within the visionary will, um, we have what is an area for relationships because it's such an important area that is often left neglected. And so there's, there's two areas, there's family, there's a, a facet for family and there's a facet for relationships. And when it comes to relationships is how are you showing up and what are the decisions you are making in terms of who has access to your life? Mm -hmm. Because not everybody deserves access to our lives. Okay. Because this is where you start understanding that you are, for example, I often say to, to women, I say that when it comes to um, being found, it says that the Bible tells us that um, he who finds a wife finds favor from the Lord. Yes. So that means when you are found as a woman, you are bringing favor into this man's life. So that automatically gives you the indication of how you should be treating yourself as a vessel of honor. Mm. Because when someone finds you, honor is coming into mm. their lives. Favor mm. is coming into their lives. So it can't be any Tom, Dick and Harry. You need to know Absolutely. what your value is. So, and, and when it comes to, to relationships, the people that we associate ourselves with, whether we like it or not, give us an indication of what we are invested in. Mm. You look at, um, at Jesus Christ and people will say, yeah, but Jesus Christ was a friend of sinners. Jesus Christ went into their life to effect and change their lives. Mm. He didn't go into their lives so that they can change his life. Mm. And that's why if we stay in people's lives and what would happen is when Jesus went into their lives, they were never the same. Wow. But we want to stay in relationships that taint us mm. and that make us who God has not called us to be. Wow. So having a visionary approach to relationships is actually something that is plowing towards your purpose, hmm. because every relationship that we have, God wants to use it to fuel our purpose. Yeah. And how do you do that? For example, a lot of people that I have, and it's not a lot, it's really a handful, um, women that I have in my life who are speaking to my life and I'd call as friends. All of us, when we speak, it is at a purpose level. Hmm. We will not be found talking about what happened in the housewives of Dubai. There's absolutely nothing wrong having those conversations. But when we 
you know, when we deem ourselves in terms of where God is taking us, mm. unless I'm saying, I want to feature in the housewives of Dubai as a coach, coaching all those wives, <laughs> how to show up as visionary wives. <laughs> now we are having a different conversation, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. So yeah. The, the people around me, God wants to use them as fuel for my purpose. Mm. So every single one of them has a role to play for wow. me to be able to be ready for the role that God is giving me. And that's why I often refer to something, you know, you, you would know this if you are in, in, interested in personal developmental space. You know that you are a me ink, you yes. know, but incorporated. And what does me ink have? It has a board of advisors regarding certain areas. And that relationship, those relationships are serving as board of directors uh, yes, and advisors in yes. my life. And if I start looking at each one and I'm seeing a board that is a minister without portfolio or a board <laughs> member without portfolio, then they should not be featuring mm. unless God is intending for me to change their life or impact their life so that they can realize their purpose. I'm a wow. big proponent of dreams and visions. Anyone around me knows I will chase you regarding your vision. <laughs> I will ask you what your purpose is. And I will sit on your bum to say, you need to walk towards God as called mm. you. So relationships for me, God has put them in place to help us fuel our purpose wow. so that we can make the world a better place. And we can be a, you know, a, a, we can be a fuel for them. So iron sharpens iron. That's what wow. it's about at the center of it. That's brilliant. That's 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 brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love how how everyone needs to serve a specific purpose in your life. You can't be haphazard about relating. Um, you, you need to be very intentional about the relationships that you have within. And it starts with having a vision for your life. Because for example, if the vision in terms of destination is not clear and you're on the freeway, every off-ramp will seem like the correct one simply because yes. you don't know where you're going. So where, that's a very key. And, and when you talk about that, um, if you look at the visionary will, it actually becomes the framework for a visionary blueprint. Hmm. And the visionary blueprint is actually, you know, um, charting where you want to be and the steps on how to get there. And just to quickly, um, you know, give you a sense of what's in the visionary will. Please. So you've got spirituality. So spirituality is top of um, top of the circle and purely because without a spiritual foundation, you cannot build anything yes. else. Yes. And, and, and spirituality, I loved what my husband said two, two weeks ago, and I'm going to paraphrase that. I'm not going to say it exactly how he said it, but he said, spirituality is relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I was like, because that can be quite contentious mm. because the world asks people, are you spiritual? Mm. But what is spiritual? Mm. In our context, being spiritual is being mm. led by the Holy Spirit. Mm. If you are not led by the Holy Spirit, you can't call yourself spiritual. Wow. And someone can say, so are you telling me Buddhists are not spiritual? Are they led by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> if they're not, then they are not spiritual. spiritual. So spiritual is literally being led by the Holy Spirit. Wow, Galatians okay. 5.25, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. Wow. And why? Because the Holy Spirit will lead us to all truth. truth pertaining to and that's why we start with spirituality because the holy spirit is going to lead us to all hey, you actually um, yeah i think we're gonna have a lifetime conversations i think this would be a mentoring relationship which is long term rather than a coaching because yeah of, i'm just thinking we're talking about truth because we living in a day and age part of the new age philosophy of i'm living my truth which is quite mm, 
It sounds right. Sounds right. And it sounds it, good. It's got a beautiful right? ring on the tongue, but yeah. when when <laughs> yeah. 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 And and I mean when you say truth, when we say truth, truth is not a concept. Truth yeah. is a person. It's, a, it's mm. the person of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it and and that's why God has taken me on a journey regarding my coaching, my mentoring, and yeah. the work that I do from a purpose point of view. Yeah. Because I I used to I used to espouse authors and 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 coaches such as as Robin Sharma, as, um, you know, some of the greatest philosophers that we mm. have until the mm. Holy Spirit started taking me back and say, what is their foundation? Mm. Is it on the Holy Spirit? And I'd be like, Lord, but their content sounds so good. And he said, anything that is not founded on the truth, the world is founded on the Holy Spirit. How can we engage ourselves in anything that is outside of the Holy Spirit? We can't. No matter how good it sounds, no matter how much success we are seeing, if it is not founded on the Holy Spirit, we cannot be found there. Mm. Because the very essence of the fragment of what we see, the sky, the trees, the Holy Spirit is the one that breathed it mm. into me. So we are going to go and follow somebody who is not led by the Holy Spirit. Lord have mercy on us. Mm. And that's why you are what you are saying about the new age, the new age, you know, Satan is no longer showing himself as the pitchfork with the, with the red. Yeah. No, no, no. no, no, no. He's now an angel. He, he disguises as the angel of light. light. Yeah. He looks beautiful. He's got a beautiful car. There's nothing wrong with all those beautiful things. Those things are meant to be driven and owned by children of God, but he is now a shining serpent that people are falling um, falling after. So when it comes to visionary, you know, the visionary will, it is the spirituality is the foundation of it. Because if you're not led by the Holy Spirit, everything else will fall flat. I won't go into too much detail of everything. Then the next part, the next facet is family. And um, when you look at family, it is the most, um, from a facet point of view, it is the one that receives the least amount of investment intentionally from people. Yeah. We are not intentional of our family. Yeah. You know, my husband is away um, at this point and he's coming back, you know, in, in now three and a half. In, actually, he's coming up back, coming back in three weeks and three days. It will be different by the time probably this um, launches. <laughs> and, um, and, and I know that detail because I'm counting. And, um, and I made it a conscious effort that every day, I'm going to take pictures of things that the kids are doing. I'm going to, you know, involve him as far as he is. I'm going to involve him in what's happening because mm. it's very possible for somebody to lose touch mm. when they are not home. Mm. So, for example, yesterday with the kids, we were in a boot camp. And after we did the boot camp, we took videos, we took pictures, we sent it to him because the boot camp is very close to his heart because mm. he's very much like a supporter of fitness and health and whatnot so he said to me when he left make sure the kids do the boot camp they must do the boot camp and i was thinking lord give me grace to do this boot camp these kids <laughs> so yesterday when the boot camp happened i was like come guys let's do this and i knew i was doing it for daddy yeah and when i sent him those pictures his heart just melted. He said, wow. this is the most beautiful thing I've seen in the day. This is a guy who's sitting somewhere in France yeah. and he said, this is the most beautiful yeah. thing that I've seen. Intentionality behind how we invest in our family, wow. in our marriages, in those relationships, because COVID did show us yes. that when all is said and done, 
if you have not invested in your family, you oh, have true. nothing to fall back on. Oh, and that's why we found a high number of people getting divorced, a high number of people uh, falling into depression because they are home. Why are we depressed when we are home? Hmm. It should be our hate. We have not invested, invested it. You found people literally getting divorces and graduating from MBAs. Hmm because they have not invested in where it matters. So family is an important part and there's intentional steps that people have to take to say, from a family point of view, I am going to do these three steps. And then the next one is career. Career is an incredible one because it, 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 it also informs purpose. Yeah. Because you can be in a career sometimes and it's not your purpose, but there are people sometimes who are in career and it's also purpose. purpose. But it's being intentional while you are in there. How am I growing? Because you find that in a South African context, a lot of people go to work just to collect a check. Yeah. And we need to start converting people from being check collectors to be value adders. You need so to be in a space of employment, even if you don't want to be there. But you need to tune into the fact that you have been given a purpose and you have to impact people's lives even if you are doing it in a space where you know you don't want to be. And it's amazing how promotion comes quickly when you start turning a space that you do not want to be and you start being intentional with how you show up, what you do. And suddenly people are picking up and saying, hey, who are you? You don't belong here. With this kind of attitude, with this kind of service delivery, you need to be in other spaces. And career is being intentional about if I am an engineer, Am I understanding globally what's happening in the world of engineering in my space? If you are sitting in a motor manufacturing company, what are your other colleagues in other plants, be it in Germany, in France, in the UK, what are they doing? You are taking yourself to another level. We are now talking operation in the Daniel, in the Daniel realm. Now you're talking excellence in the space that the enemy so wants to own. But we are saying we're going to infiltrate it with Jesus Christ with how we show up from a point of view, from an excellence point of view. And then the fourth one is finances. I can go on about finances. I won't. I'm not a, um, a financial advisor. I give, you know, I have a very um, simplistic conversation, but that hits home around finances in the sense of what are you doing with your finances in the four areas from a budgeting point of view, from a saving point of view, from an investing point of view, from a giving point of view. We are not taught in school those four areas. We discovered it when we get to it. When you, once you got a job, I got my, 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 my job at Edgar's and now I have money and I'm like, oh, what can I do? Oh, let me buy clothes. Oh, let me go out. Oh, let me do this. Then I wake up later, I'm now a wife and a mom and I very messed up you know, tendencies when it comes to finances. It wasn't ingrained from a young age that when you have finances, you need to start budgeting. Yes, I only have 10 rand, but budget where your 10 rand is going. You need to ensure that you are saving. Even if you're saving that one rand, save that one rand and it is teaching your mindset that you don't eat everything. You don't eat the seed and the fruit. Mm. You know, you save something, you know, be it for a rainy day or for when God is enabling you to help somebody else. You look at investments and I don't go deep into investments, but I look at what investments have done for me and my husband. I was able to pay for part of our wedding because I invested as a young girl when I was wow. um, studying, when I was working. <laughs> I was able to put up a, our first house. The kitchen was paid by my investments. Um, <laughs> My husband's first car, um, the deposit was from my investments. Um, 
So there's many things we were able to do because of money that I put aside and I invested for five years. I let mm. it sit there. Then five years later, my broker calls me, hey, your money is maturing. Oh, wow. What can we do, you know, with that? And obviously now I'm ripping the, you know, the, you know, ripping the, the sewing when I did that. <laughs> the one. <laughs> doing but with the importance of the investing then last but not least which is so important giving yeah god is all about giving he gave his son jesus christ to a dying world that did not deserve a savior so ultimately we should be giving with our money with our resources and we know that's difficulty with our time with our treasure and um i forgot the third one but we should giving yes we should be constantly it being a mode of how can I give to my church, be it the 10% in tithe. It's not a force. You are not going to be cursed if you don't give that money because the Bible says he who hung on the cross was cursed for us. So we can't be cursed, but God loves a cheerful giver. When you tithing and you are giving, God becomes so pleased. Mm. And what does God do when he's pleased? <laughs> he gives back to you. He's so happy. So, for example, in our church, I don't know if it's that philosophy in your church, we don't force people to tithe. We want it to come as an outflow of their relationship yeah. with God. Because when somebody tithes without understanding, they're not getting the blessing. But when somebody tithes and gives with the understanding, they see the blessing operating so in their lives. Absolutely. So those four philosophies are so important from a financial point of view, but also just coming from a place where God is the provider. We mm. are not the provider. Wow. And the finances of the world have almost ingrained in us that, you know, you put in, you'll get out. We've seen that, we've seen economies collapse. Mm. And God wants us to experience as children of God, the land of Goshen. When there was darkness in, e in Egypt and there is light. light. Yeah. And that's what he wants. He wants us to be, he wants us to be so wealthy that people must be asking, how do you do it? You should not be able to explain it because he wow. owns uh, a thousand cattle on a hill. How are you going to explain somebody who owns the world, wow. how you've become? And the reason he wants to increase us financially is to be a blessing to others, to be a blessing to his kingdom. Wow. And the others, I'm just going to mention them from the top of the, because I won't go into. So it's relationships you spoke about. It is personal growth. I mean, part of somebody listening to this podcast, they are investing in their personal growth. Yes. They want to be a better person. They don't want to remain where they are. They want, they, they, they've seen the struggles from their mothers. They've seen the struggles from their fathers. They don't want to own that narrative. Something that I discussed with my father-in-law, which is a book that is in transit very wow. soon, is the giants, the giants that our parents killed for us. That is not the final title. Um, but there's giants that my mother and my father, my mother-in-love and my father-in-love they killed for me and my husband. And just three of those giants that I will, I will talk about in, in the seven giants, they killed the giant of divorce because they are between the, both our parents, they've been now together married 80 years between the two of them. So my parents have been married for like close to, um, to close to 43 years. Wow. My in-laws have been married for 40 years. So combined, wow. they've been married 83 years. Wow. So they've killed the giant of divorce in mine and my husband's heritage uh, because they stayed together, even if when it was That's difficult. Incredible. And so we understand, my husband and I, that the word D in this house does not exist. Mm. No matter how hard it gets, we are getting out of here when Jesus Christ comes back. <laughs> There's no other way we are getting out. So they've killed the giant of, of divorce. Wow. They've, they've killed the, the giant of debt living. Both our parents 
are living in debt-free homes. They're living in debt-free cars. Um, and three of them, with the exception of my mother-in-law, they're no longer working. Um, they are retired or doing their own thing. So we don't have what people are calling, you know, the we're not paying anything for our parents. They've killed that giant for us. So now we are in the process now of walking towards, you know, having debt-free homes, debt-free cars, because they've already killed that giant, you know, for us. They killed the giant of alcohol for us. They killed the giant of alcohol that is destroying families. It is, it is terrible what alcohol has done to families. My mother and my father, before they got saved, they were both drunkards. They would have parties at our house until Jesus Christ came upon their lives. And that's why when people say, anyone that says Jesus doesn't live, <laughs> I say, you haven't experienced the salvation that my mother wow. who used to drink and my father used to drink and they left alcohol, they left that life. Oh, I wow. saw Jesus, my parents. So, wow. and my father-in-law was a street child. At some point he used to drink and they've killed, they've destroyed the giant of alcohol, yeah. which is ravaging black South African homes yeah. where people think that drinking alcohol is sexy, but they don't understand that the enemy doesn't give you a big barrel to drink. Mm. He first gives you a glass of wine that looks very attractive. And before you know it, you are drinking glasses and glasses of wine to cope with the stress that is really around. So that's some of the giants that, you know, from a, so from a personal growth point of view, that is something, I don't even know how we got this. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have, um, then the, 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 the seventh um, facet is wellness and wellness is so multifaceted, so multi-pronged. Wellness has anything between 12 to 16 facets on its own, which I won't go into. But the facets that we address here is from a mind and from a physical point of view. Wow. And why? Because these two areas, you need them in order for you to walk into your purpose. If your mind is not set on the right things, you will not be able to function. Yeah. We saw how COVID wrecked havoc with people finding themselves in de depression clinics, mm. you know, because the enemy of the soul was lying to their minds and telling them things. And it's just giving people tools on how to ensure that they renew their mind, which is the word of God is the number one tool to renew your mind. Sure. Praying in the spirit is one of the best tools you can, Absolutely. you know, acquire as a businessman, as a, as a mom at home. It is that thing that, you know, once you are in the spirit, no matter how depressed you are, if you're praying in the spirit, there's a calm, you know, that goes upon you, you know, um, the word is an important tool from a renewing of the mind because the word, you know, um, it, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing through bone and marrow. So when you speak it, it creates, it's calling things into being. And then from a physical point of view, keeping fit, keeping healthy, exercising, drinking water, you know, um, eating healthy. And, and why? Yes, this, this is dying, but you need it healthy in order for mm. you to do the work that God has called you to do. And, you know, Paul does say that exercise is, of some benefit yes um, but we know that godliness you know is it has benefits for all things but for him he didn't say eating healthy he didn't say drinking water he didn't say having health he said exercise is of some benefit so we will take that exercise <laughs> does you know and um so wellness is such an important part of living a life a visionary life because mm. you cannot have a vision where do you see yourself i mean i have a vision with where i see this physique let's say in december where I see, you know, um, my mind, like one of the confessions that I have, I have confessions with ladies that I do a 21 day dream challenge program with. And 
one of the confessions I have is that um, my, um, my, I, I am at peace because my mind is stayed on Christ. And why did I, you know, take on that scripture in, in Isaiah? Because there was a time in my life I needed peace. I needed peace so desperately. And the only way I could do it was through confessing the word of God. I am at peace because my mind is stayed on Christ. Because God's word says that he will keep him in perfect peace, he whose mind is stayed on him. So if your mind is stayed on your problems, your mind is stayed on the media, your mind is stayed on people's successes, your mind is stayed on people's business through gossip, you will not be in peace. So I needed that word to, you know, continuously. And it's amazing. I've been confessing it now for close to three years. And the peace that is in my life, it's almost tangible. The peace that is in my marriage, the peace that is in my children. Yes, they are naughty, you scream, but it's not, you know, they, they, there's always peace. The peace in yeah. my relationship, the peace that I have with my in-laws, and it's all through confessing. And then last but not least in the facet is purpose. And this is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> Once you've done all these things, because people chase money, but they're not fulfilled in purpose. Yeah. You know, people chase relationships, they're not fulfilled in purpose. And the reason God has placed us here on earth is to ultimately fulfill his great purpose. And it's for us to do what he has already fashioned us, fashioned us from the beginning for us to do here on earth. Wow. And we talk around how you find your purpose, you know, what your purpose, like, you know, one or two things that I'll mention is that if your purpose is not impacting people, then it's not purpose. Your purpose wow. will always impact your nation. Hmm. Your purpose will always make someone's life better. And purpose can only be derived from a relationship with Jesus Christ. We see the world talking purpose, purpose, purpose. You cannot have purpose when you don't have a relationship with the, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that is basically the visionary will. And this is what people get taken through <laughs> when you go through visionary coaching. Wow. And um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's a privilege to do this kind of work and have people, wow. you know, discover who they are and what God has called them to be holistically. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it's, you know, I'm actually, it's literally, you facilitated a coaching session for us, literally, <laughs> in this episode. Literally everyone, podcast family, I kid you not. One of the things I'm going to remind you to do is to head over to www.mzandlemakakula.com or wherever you consume the content or listen to the podcast. There should be a download episode notes uh, link where you'll be able to link into the episode notes because these show notes are pure gold. It's literally a bonus resource that you can literally take and begin to apply and become a visionary. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. As we bring in our plane for landing, uh, where, where, where can people find you? How can they um, connect more? Maybe someone who would like to be part of the academy or who would like to have one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions to start this journey, uh, how best can they connect with you? And please share some of the exciting things as well that are on the horizon. You mentioned the incredible book, which I'm so looking forward to. Uh, I'm really so looking forward to it. And anything exciting you're working on and how best can our podcast audience be able to connect with you? We'll definitely link it into the bio. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the privilege. I don't take for granted this time and, and you know, it's been really blessed. Thank you. Um, they can connect with me. The best way is on Instagram. Um, we are currently working on our website and we should be launching it before end of November. So the best way to connect awesome. with me is on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I am on LinkedIn. But um, if they want to direct message me um, on Instagram, 
great. Um, that's how I respond. And what we are working on currently, so we are launching. So every month I have a 21 day dream challenge that I run with a group of ladies. Um, and we have currently in our private Facebook group, we've got close to, we now have officially a thousand ladies. Wow. That um, but as you know, not everybody's always participating. People participate as they, you know, feel the need that they, their habits need a bit of a refresher. Um, and we've got one starting, it usually starts on the first of every month, but this month, because we are saving the first to the seventh of November as pre as almost like a preparatory period, okay. because we are starting on the eighth of November up until the 28th of November. And we're doing something that we've never done before. We are, we are doing a nine part series on the private Facebook group. And we will be talking about the, the, the nine confessions that we actually, um, that you have to say on a day-to-day -day basis. So I share, you know, nine, um, nine um, declarations that we yeah. have to say. I am a ruler. I am peaceful because my mind is stayed on Christ. I keep in step with the Holy Spirit. I am diligent and skillful. I am wealthy without painful toil for it. I am wise, but healthy and fruitful. I make disciples of nations. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus and favor surrounds me like a shield. So we'll be going through nine episodes where every day we confess these. These episodes will literally be delving what is I am a ruler? And that is based on Exodus 1 verse 28. God called us to have authority and it is to incite and help people understand what does this authority mean? It's something as simple as if you are in a working environment, you may have managers that you are under, but understand in the spirit realm, you are a person of authority. You are not subservient to anybody. You have something inside of you that many people don't have, especially if they're not saved. So it's helping people understand their identity as those who have authority. So we'll be doing that. And we are so excited wow. because that means it's going to be an intense, it's an intense November yeah. where literally every second day, every second day in the group will literally be having these lives. We'll be wow. sharing um, a manual for each of those and we'll actually then be gathering in prayer to reinforce what this is in particular. If, if we are talking about, I keep in step with the Holy Spirit, we are going into Galatians 5.25. What does it mean? Then we are confessing it together. We are praying together and asking the wow. Holy Spirit to enter our lives. So, wow. so excited. And then we will be having also visionary wife. Um, this is where we pray for our husbands. It's a visionary wife challenge and it's a seven day challenge where we pray intentionally for our husbands. Exactly. We pray for their career. We pray for their relationship with God. We pray for their finances. We pray and we just cover those men in prayer. <laughs> By the time that seven days is over, I even hear my own husband like, shoo, wow, I feel so light. <laughs> <laughs> because I always say the best thing that you can do as a wife is cover your husband in prayer. And then there's other things we are working on in terms of launching um coaching programs where we'll be launching official coaching programs that people can register for and actually have a, a longer, you know, relationship with us where we can really, there'll be an investment that they'll have to make. And then we'll just provide them with the content that they need so that we create a group of people or women that are visionaries mm. and that are with how they're showing up in the world. Wow. Well, that's brilliant. I'm, it's so exciting. Actually, as you're saying, I'm actually excited on your behalf. Um, Thank you. The, the handle for all this would be purposefully branded on Instagram. 
on Instagram. On Instagram, Facebook. Purposely uh, branded on Instagram, purposely branded on, on Facebook, and on LinkedIn, it's Batabile Machet. All right. Thank you so much. If you can, one of the things, podcast family, just go over to Instagram, like, follow, uh, DM, um, just DM and say you listen to this podcast episode and everything yeah. that she spoke to should be able to appear on the stories, on the bio, yeah. on the link, yeah. and you'll be able to be kept abreast in terms of the events and how best you can be part of that. Amen. Thank you so much, man. This has been such an incredible, <laughs> terrific uh, episode. I'm so refreshed. I'm so excited. And I look Thank forward you. to listening to it again and really <laughs> applying it because it's really, you, you've shared so much gold and pearls of wisdom with us. And yeah. we appreciate you. And thank you so much for, you're definitely going to so be much. a returning guest because um, there's always quite a lot that creeps um, <laughs> up. We that haven't we even- can- we haven't even touched on being pastors on that whole relationship. We need a podcast that can just With... touch pastors and their wives. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's really quite a lot that that, that we will do and will definitely affect yeah. uh, within Norman. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you and um, thank you. I was going to ask any parting <laughs> thoughts, but I'm afraid because I know if we you've already just shared so much. <laughs> Um, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll save the parting shots for the next podcast episode that we're going to have because awesome. we can literally talk the whole day and break it down into yeah. segments and I'm really excited Amen. to possibly even doing something live with you in the same room because I know there's Amen. so much value that you add and thank you once again for thank all that you do and helping people live lives that are authentic that are shining the God flavor Uh, in the Mm -hmm. earth and we really appreciate you so much and to you podcast family thank you for listening and tuning in and being part of the episode do remember to download the episode notes which are a great tool for application share the content with your teams your friends and help us to change the world one individual at a time so thank you so much till we meet again next time ensure that you continue to take your lead lead Well, thank you for joining us on Take Your Lead Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes delivered directly to your device as soon as we release the new episode. And for show notes on today's episode and on previous episodes, just go to www.nzwandilemakakula.com. And if you're a fan of the show, we would love it if you'd give us a review and help us spread the word. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Take Your Lead Podcast.